So I really, we really felt some breakthrough last week when you guys were praying for us. We, um, we were um, having a lot of fun. Um, <clears throat> we kind of went into the den of, of um, some demons. And, um, <laughs> you know, unexpectedly, you're out there to preach the gospel and all of a sudden all the demons show up. <laughs> Do you think they were there for that? I don't know. But anyway, so I'll tell you a little bit about it. Um, <clears throat> that's why I have the stools up here. Lisa and Samuel are going to come up and testify, and we'll show you kind of some pictures of, of some of the stuff that we, we did while we were there. But, um, but this morning specifically, um, I want to talk to you about something that's really been on my heart and that the Lord really highlighted while we were in Honduras, um, in, in Catacomas, Honduras. Now, Catacomas is the... Um, is one of the murder capitals in the world. And it is a, a very violent place. In fact, while we were there, we were like flying in and one person in the area that we were going to, like the neighborhood, you, I would call it a neighborhood. What would you call it? A village. A village. Okay, so, you know, it's a village. Uh, so one of the people in the village were murdered. And then while we were there, another person was murdered. So, um, you know, it's not like a big village. You know, it's just this little bitty place. And... Um, and so we are really, uh, I hate to say this, but we are kind of excited because I've really wanted to raise the dead. And I said, okay, and it's hard to find a dead body in America, you know? And so, but, but in third world countries, it's a lot easier, you know, because they, they here, you know, they lock them up in the morgue and you can't get to them. But there, they're just right there and the family's mourning and they're on the kitchen table. And so I was, um, I was very hopeful, but it, it didn't actually work out. So maybe next time. We're not actually praying for that. <laughs> that sounded terrible. Okay. Computer, work. Okay, we've got this new um, thing. Anne-Marie, where are you? Mm-hmm. I'm getting a new computer tomorrow in Jesus' name. This thing is ancient. How many of you get, like, your, like your computer kind of hits that tipping point where you get the, the rainbow wheel and you literally, every time you hit the cursor, there's the rainbow wheel. There's the rainbow wheel. Okay. Um, that's not what I want. Seriously. Y'all pray. Extend your hands towards my computer. In Jesus' name, demon, get out of my computer. Fuego. Fire. All right, so um, in Hebrews, we'll just let that whatever. Obviously, the Lord doesn't want me to use that, right? <laughs> the thing about going to Honduras is you don't have any notes. <laughs> you just got to let the fire come out of your mouth and land where it will, right, in the hearts of man. And so um, one of the things that the Lord impressed upon me on this trip is that he made his ministers like flames of fire. And uh, in the book of Revelation, Jesus said, listen, I counsel you to buy from me gold refined in the fire. And he, he admonishes those, the, that particular Laodicean church, and he said, you think you're rich and in need of nothing, but I'm telling you that you are blind. You're blind. You can't see. You can't see because you don't have the fire. So I counsel you to buy from me the fire so that you can see, so it will refine you from the inside. See, Jesus, when he came, 
he didn't come, and you guys have heard me say this, but I don't think I can say it enough. And this is what I told the people in Honduras that we ministered to. Jesus did not come to establish a religion. He didn't. The word ecclesia is a people group. It wasn't a form of religion. On these people, I will build my church. The ones that know who I am and believe what I have said and believe who I am. On this foundation, I will build my church. So, if we, uh, so, so when I was there and I was, um, I was encountering um, so much power. There was so much power present. And, and it wasn't like America. And I'm like, God, I don't understand what the difference is. And he said, they, are, they don't have religion. They don't know, um, you know, they have uh, the Catholic church, but they're so hungry for the real thing, you know? And, um, and so when we went, um, I asked the Lord, what do you want me to do? And he said, keep it simple, stupid. And I went, uh, are you calling me stupid? <laughs> K-I-S-S, you know, just give them the basics. And I said, okay. So when I got there, he said, I want you to preach the gospel. Now, I preach a lot of things, but typically in my repertoire is not the gospel. And Reinhard Bonnke told me when I went to his school, he said, you know, if you want the results that I get, you have to preach the message that I preach. And he said, I preach a very simple message. I preach the gospel. And through his message, 79 documented salvations in Africa have happened. 70 million. What did I say? (laughs) (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Yeah, I sure need those notes about right now, don't I? (laughs) Shandialaka. So, yeah, 79 million. And so as I'm down there, I'm like, okay, um, preach the gospel. Huh, the gospel. Okay, I can do that. Yeah, that's simple. And uh, so, so what I did is as I, when I went there, um, the Lord said, I want you to ask how many of them have received Jesus into their hearts to be, their, to be Lord of their lives. Are, are they born again? And so I asked that question. And they all looked at me like, what are you talking about? You've got two heads. And so I said, okay, um, and exactly what I told you. Jesus came for the new man. He came to, to uh, come and live on the inside of us and create a new species on the earth. Um, people that are different and people that don't belong to the earth, but they belong to heaven. And, um, and so I asked them, and they, they were like, no. And so I thought, okay, well, let's do this. You know, let me tell you about this, you know, the story of Jesus. <clears throat> and so as I began to um, preach Jesus, um, I just kind of started at the beginning, which I thought, um, you know, they need to hear that they're sons, right? They need to hear who they are and, and why Jesus came. And so I talked to them about the very first um, uh, uh, words that Jesus preached when he went um, to the synagogue. In Luke 4.18, he said, for this reason, 
I have come. So he's basically, anybody here that has a business knows that one of the things that you have to have is you have to have a vision statement. You have to have a mission statement of why you're here. So Jesus, in his, in his um, um, wisdom, first thing he did is he said, all right, I'm going to give you um, my mission statement. And he was handed in, in Luke um, 4, uh, 17, and he was handed the book from the prophet Isaiah. And when he had opened the book, he found the place where it is written, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and recover the sight of the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed and to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. Now, I told them this, it's very interesting because it first says that, he's to, that he came to preach the gospel of the kingdom. And then he did all the cool stuff, right? And then he goes on in Luke um, 4.43 and he says to them this, I must, I must preach the kingdom of God to the other cities also because for this purpose I have been sent. So he came not for, the, not for the gospel of salvation, but he came for the gospel of the kingdom. Because the king is looking for a family. He wants his sons. He wants his kids. He wants love. Jesus did not go to the cross for rules. He did not go to the cross to imprison his people like the Pharisees and the scribes had imprisoned them and under the law. But he said, I have come to set you free because where the spirit of the Lord is Lord, there is freedom and liberty for my people. And it is only through uh, the kingdom that you can achieve this freedom. And so um, he, he is encountered by one of the Pharisees who kind of sneaks in to meet with him at night, whose name is um, Nicodemus, Nicodemus. And when he comes to him, um, he begins to ask him, or actually he didn't even ask him a question. He just said, you know, I see that you're a, a, obviously a teacher from God because I've seen all of the wonders and the signs that you've done. And then Jesus says the most interesting thing to him. He says, you must be born again in order to see the kingdom. And he's like, what do you mean I must be born again? He said, you must be born of the spirit and of water. And so he's like, I don't understand that. That makes no sense to me. Do I have to go back into my mother's body and be born again? And he says, how is it? That you have seen all of these miracles, but yet you, you, you don't even understand these things that I speak to you that are heavenly. Because he came for a heavenly kingdom, not an earthly kingdom. And he came so that the heavenly kingdom would then take dominion over the earthly kingdoms. And he depended on an entire group of people who got born again of the spirit to begin to apprehend all of the things that belong to Christ. When I was worshiping, I heard, um, I heard all of these, uh, I heard like the great cloud of witnesses, I'm presuming, they were all crying. When we were singing, worthy is the lamb, worthy is the lamb. And I heard them say this phrase, which I've heard in a song before, but it kept playing over and over. May the Lamb of God receive the reward of his suffering. 
And it kept playing over and over in tears and weeping. And it just really struck me as we're singing these beautiful songs to him because he's worthy to receive everything that he died for. And when we're down there in Honduras, you know, I just got this, this, um, this righteous boldness that um, I want him to receive the reward of his suffering. And that my life is not worthy other than to represent him in a way that is honorable and brings the most glory to his name. And so it really created a fearlessness, even though we were in a place that, you know, had to have a bodyguard and, and all of those good things. And so, um, which I just loved my bodyguard. He was the sweetest guy. I have to tell you a cool story. For those of you that haven't gotten David Porcadu's CD, I really encourage you to, to get it because this bodyguard was, how old is he? 30? 35. Okay, so um, we're there and we're worshiping to, uh, to David Porcadu's um, um, music and, and, and particularly the song Man on Fire. Um, and, and we're just weeping and the Holy Spirit has just fallen on us. He starts weeping. And I didn't think anything of it, you know, seeing a man, you know, cry in the presence of the Lord. And he told us afterwards, you know, as his gun is set on the table next to us, um, that he said, you know, I've, I've, never, um, I've never cried before. Not one time. He said, I've had to wear this gun for 27 years. Both of my brothers have been murdered. I didn't even cry at their funerals. He didn't even know. Thank you. The, he didn't even know the words to that song. You see, the sound that's coming, it will go across all nations. And it doesn't have to be in their language. But the spirit behind it will awaken them in their hearts. <clears throat> so Jesus, when he, when he came, he said, okay, this is why I've come. This is my mission statement. Now, let me tell you about the 12. I'm going to go and I'm going to release the 12. And this is what he said to the 12 in Matthew 10. He said, listen, I'm going to give you power. Say power. I'm going to give you power over unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal all kinds of diseases. And it says in verse 7, And as you go preach, saying the kingdom of heaven is at hand, heal the sick, cleanse the lepers. We couldn't find any of those either. Uh, raise the dead. Darn it. Uh, cast out demons. Freely ha you have received. Freely give. Okay. So it's like here is your mission statement, beloved. All of us. He's like, this is for everyone, okay? And we know this because the, when, when Jesus died and he rose from the dead and he came back and had a meal with everybody, which is cool, you know, I mean, I'd like to sit down with Jesus and like literally break bread. Um, but he came back and he said the very same thing to them um, at the end of Mark. He said um, in Mark um, 16, 14, go into the world and preach the gospel. Go into the world and preach the gospel, Okay. <laughs> The gospel, the simplicity of the gospel, okay? We don't have harvest because we don't know how to preach the gospel, honestly. Come on. Amen? Okay. 
He who, and I'm saying this to myself. I'm not, you know, we're all in the same boat. Okay, he who believes is baptized and will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will follow those who believe. In my name, they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will take up serpents. And if they drink anything deadly, it will by, by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. So he's like, all right. Now I told, I, I, I announced it, you know, in the, in the synagogue. I told you what my mission statement was. And then I told you, I, I, it is my job. I've come to preach the gospel. Okay, you've seen me. I've healed the sick. I've cast out demons. I've raised the dead. Dun, da, da, da. Now, I, I, I want you to go do it, right? But then he says this. Hey, guys, <clears throat> pay attention because um, I'm going to go away. I'm going to go ascend to the Father. And I want you to go hang out and pray. And you've got to wait for me because I'm going to come. And, um, and so I love what he says in Acts 1. You can turn there if you want. Instead of watching me try to get through my falling apart Bible. I left my new Bible down there. I thought, well, I guess somebody else needed it. Oh, Acts 1, honey. Thank you for helping everybody. All right, so Acts 1, this is what he said. Um, Acts 1, verse, la, 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 4. And being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you have heard from me. It's like, how many times do I have to say this to you people? Pay attention. Listen to me. For John truly baptized with water. That's important. John baptized with water. But, say but. but. You shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Then he goes on in verse 8. But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me. You shall receive what? Power. power. Okay. What happens when you don't receive the Holy Spirit? What do you have? No power. So, if you want to see a nation changed, if you want to see the harvest come, he said you have to have this. You have to be baptized in power. You have to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. And so I'm sitting there and I'm talking to all the people in Honduras and, and I'm telling them about Jesus and about what Je who Jesus was then, who he is today, and who he's going to be for them in the future and what this is going to look like for them. Now, who wants to be born again? So they're all like, I, I want to be born again. I want to be born. So they start lining up. Everybody wants to be born again, right? Well, there were some stragglers back there with their the arm folders, right? Like, you know, whatever. <laughs> but I'll explain to you, we got them in the end. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. <laughs> we're like, what you, so what are you holding out for? Like, what's better than this, right? You live in a mud hut. I got good news for you. <laughs> So uh, they, they all started. So I said, okay, here's what you want to do. You want to repent, first of all. Then, Matthew, you're going to love this. Now pay attention. <laughs> you want to repent, number one. Number two, 
You want to confess with your mouth that you believe that Jesus is the Son of God. That he died for your sins. And on the third day, he rose again. He descended into hell. And he grabbed those keys. For all dominion and power to be given back to his kids. And then he ascended to the right hand of the Father. Where we are seated with him in all power and authority and dominion. Amen. Okay. How'd I do? All right, thank you. So and I said, and then you have to receive him into your heart as your Lord, to be Lord of your life. Now, that's important because a lot of people want Jesus and then they want to do their own thing because they want to get their ticket punched. I just want to go to the movie. I just want to go to the movie of God. I don't actually want to be in the movie of God. Why? Mm-hmm. All right. So after that, I said, okay, now who wants to receive the baptism of fire? And they're all like, what is it? I said, trust me, you'll love it. <laughs> they're like, okay. So, so we're like, it's just like domino. I said, I said um, um, uh, what did I say? Be baptized in the name of Jesus, Holy Spirit and fire. Bam, 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 bam. They all go falling down. It was just such a glorious time. <laughs> And this is what they said. Many of them, when they fell out, um, they were healed. I didn't even pray for healing. It's just the Holy Spirit healed them. Um, And then um, many people, as we were praying, right before we were praying for fire, we were praying for um, healing. And um, they were all healed but two. They were all healed. And the two that didn't get healed, they got a partial healing. Great. Um, can I see? Well, I don't know. Yeah, the first picture. Show me the first picture. I'm going to tell you about this guy. Okay. Um, Lisa and Samuel, why don't you come on up? Okay. Y'all know Samuel, my son. This is Samuel. Samuel's 15. He was a great help. Lisa has started a ministry called Mamas of, of Catacomas. And um, she has been laboring there for, um, in, in Katakamas for five years. Here. Okay, I have a microphone. Okay, so this is the funniest thing. Okay, there's a little old man you can't see, but um, we're, Lisa and I are ministering to him. So, Lisa, why don't you tell them what you said? You saw him. Tell them the story of when you saw him. Okay, well, this... Um, those of you know that we make guitars. That was a ministry the Lord surprised me with when we moved there. Um, we make guitars and we put them in the hands of at-risk youth. This is my guitar maker. Um, he's also the town drunk. And so I would have to wait for him to sober up to make guitars. Um, so he was on a drinking binge. And so I was waiting for him to sober up just to come and see me because I was in town and this man actually reminds me a lot of my father. My father had polio, and this man has polio, and he's very dear to me. So he shows up, and I'm like, oh, I call him Poppy, and I'm like, oh, Poppy's here. So I run to him, and I didn't know that he was still drunk. I thought he had sobered up. He was still drunk, and he just really a- attacks me in inappropriate ways. And no way. Maybe so, so. She comes back. Okay, I'll just have to share the story. And she's like, Don't go talk to him. He just gave me a hickey. He did. 
And I looked at her and I said, let's go get him sober. So we went over and we prayed for him. And we said, in Jesus' name, do you want to, we said, do you want a drink? Do you want a drink? Do you, do you like having a drink? And he's like, <laughs> and we said, we're going to give you a drink of the Holy Spirit. And that's going to sober you up. And so he was like, okay. So we had him stand up, right? And so we just prayed for him and the Holy Spirit came on him. And that, that man got sober real fast. In fact, in, the, in about, how long was it? Like 20 minutes? We, he led worship for us. <laughs> He's an amazing musician. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but we were playing, we that was one of the ones that we were praying for. We were praying for his polio and for his, he had a little bitty leg. You want to tell him what happened when we were praying for his leg and then we were praying for his eyes? Uh, you tell him. So we, we started praying for his eyes. He has really bad cataracts. And um, we didn't see anything happen with his leg, but, uh, you know, obviously, you know, his, something was going on with his eyes. And a- after we finished praying for his eyes, his cataracts were all broken up in his eyes. They were in pieces floating around in his eyes. And we were just like, whoa, that's awesome. Anyway, so he gave his life to the Lord and received the baptism of fire. All right. One of the things that they all said to us as we were praying for them to receive um, the Holy Spirit or to receive healing, I said, can you feel anything in your body? And so in America, people will typically say, I feel fire or I feel some sort of movement, or it feels like butterflies, right? That's pretty typical. Well, there, they all say the same thing. They all say, it feels like ants. (laughs) (laughs) What? Ants? How do you say that in Spanish? Hormigas. Yeah. And I'm like, what? What? Anyway, ants. So, So they felt like ants were crawling on the inside of them. So I was like, all right, ants. Um, okay, as we were going around and we were, um, everybody was getting saved and they're getting filled with the Holy Spirit, um, uh, some of the demons began to uh, manifest. And um, let's see, let me see the next slide. Oh, th- these, uh, okay, before we go to the demon show, um, <laughs> the, uh, the three gentlemen, uh, the three um, Hispanic uh, gentlemen, Honduran gentlemen that you see there, um, we ordained them. So they are now pastors. They, um, two of them have their own churches, and then one um, is um, on his way to America to have a church. So anyway, it was very exciting um, to be able to do that and be able to bless them. They actually also got saved and baptized in the Holy Spirit. And they all said the same thing about not just about what they felt on the inside, but they felt the power of God and the transformation of their hearts. Okay, um, don't let me forget to tell the story about um, the president of the neighborhood. Okay. Okay. All right, let's see the next one. Okay, here were some of the people lying around. That actually was a whole family. They all like, they were everywhere. Um, Okay, next one. Oh, wow, yeah, tell the story about, okay, this young girl, tell the story. Here. Well, just tell what you did about about um, her finger and what, how that all happened. Okay, this is um, what's her last name? Abby. Cruz. 
No, it starts with an I and then an N and then a T. Okay, whatever. It's her name's Abby, and uh, she when she was 11, she was accidentally shot three times, once in the stomach and twice in the hand, and uh, one of her fingers was stuck because it went through the arteries, so one of the fingers was stuck up like this. And uh, the other one was shot off. And it was a nub, and it was... It was like... It was like... Right here. And it was real thin. It was really... It atrophied. I'm helping. Okay. I'll be over here. Okay. Uh, So, Callie was praying for her while we were dealing with her sister and two others that were manifesting demons. It It was a fun week. And, uh, yeah, her finger grew out to the knuckle. It grew a freckle. I don't even know why. It just did. <laughs> and her finger that was stuck uh, could move again. Since she was Isn't 11 awesome? years old. She's 16 now. Isn't that awesome? Okay, tell me about the dream that you had last night. Last night I had it. It wasn't last night. It was okay, the night. Whatever. whatever. I went to the body part room in heaven, and uh, I got her a finger, but... And then Jesus gave me a finger, and I asked for a different one, one that was musical, and he handed me a different finger with uh, musical notes all over it. Yeah, so he's praying that in. Is that, is that it? Yeah, and then I wanted to show you this. No, I'm not finished with you. We'll come back. Yeah. Um, okay, go to the next slide. All right, here's some of the kids. Um, they're just so sweet in the village, just so precious. They give wonderful hugs, and you're treated like a rock star there. Okay, and then um, we have a video to show you, so it might take a second to get it up. Okay, this was, before you start it, um, <clears throat> what we did, we, we just lined a lot of the people up who were manifesting demons, and this wasn't like, oh, you've got a spirit of jealousy. <laughs> No, no, this was like ancient um, <clears throat> Mayan demons that, you know, were, they took over their whole bodies. And I'm not giving, I want to just tell you, I do give no glory to these demons because they're just on their way out. And so when the Holy Spirit came in, a battle started to ensue between the, uh, the, the light and the darkness. And so the darkness was trying to stick around and we kept casting it out. So you'll hear me or somebody yelling there. And then I, okay, go ahead. She's throwing up right here in this, in this video. Yeah, they all threw up she's, she's a lot. Go ahead. So there was just a lot of, like, all of them vomited. And the vomit was white, which was surprising. Mom said that demons only vomit white, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool. Okay. And anyway, it was everywhere. They were also, there's also a lot of shaking. They weren't in control of their own hands. Like, they would make these, like, claws, and they would try to scratch their own eyes out. It was pretty intense. Yeah, it took six of us to hold, like, a little uh, She was, like, pound 100 pound, 15-year-old. I had to sit on her. I was like it was on like her legs. Riding a bronco. She was screaming and shaking and stuff. So, but they're all delivered now. <laughs> all right, so we're gonna show you, and and all right, remember I told you about the people that were the holdouts, standing in the back of the room that were had their arms folded. Well, these kids started manifesting demons, and <laughs> there were no more holdouts. <laughs> They were running, what must I do to be saved? (laughs) Grown men, okay. 
and teenage boys. So you'll see me, I'm, I get pretty much up in their grill. Do you want to be saved? Do you want to be saved after? Yeah, you're actually talking to uh, Demarice and Abby, the yeah. girl with the finger shot out. Yeah. Before they're... Okay, go ahead. Who's not born again? <laughs> All right, so that kind of gives you an idea. Sorry. You're all like, we're going to eat lunch after this. But, you know, I mean, uh, this, is, this is real life. You know, it's like Dan in real life. This is real life. You go, when you, when we are going to be doing this, guys, because the harvest is coming in, and guess what? They got demons, you know, and we're going to start going out to get them. But as they start coming in, you're going to have to say, come out in Jesus' name and know who you are and the authority that you have in Christ, that that thing's got to go. Because there's no timidity, and this is, and these demons, they were talking and talking and talking, and I'm like, shut up, I don't care what your name is, get into that pig right now. There was actually a pig, which was actually very convenient. We don't have a lot of those here in America. <laughs> All right, um, what, what else? Oh, here were the three that got delivered of demons. Look how beautiful they are. Saved, set free. And here's the beautiful thing about this, is that um, they learned how to cast out demons for themselves. We began to tell them, look, you have authority over what's going on in your own body. It's time that you stand up as a child of God and begin to take the, uh, take, uh, what did I say? Get mad. Get mad. <laughs> uh, yeah, I said, stop on the head of that snake. And so they were like, anyway, it was great. It was great. It took a while. It took a couple of days. Yeah, and then they saw a lot of things that were happening in the spirit realm. They, were, they said in the spirit, while, they were, while the demons had hold of them, they saw a man in white, and they saw a man in black. And so um, it was very telling, uh, the battle that was going on. But uh, Christ was victorious. And so uh, I hadn't planned on teaching on spiritual warfare. You know, I'm trying to K-I-S-S it, and all of a sudden, you know, it's like, oh, everybody's vomiting. How lovely. <laughs> So yeah, um, they learned spiritual warfare. They, um, they learned their authority in Christ very fast. It was definitely a baptism by fire for sure. Um, they learned how to cast out demons. They learned how to heal the sick. They learned how to get someone uh, born again and, and baptized in fire. And so I say all of that to tell you that um, we went down there not to take them fish, but to teach them how to fish. Um, here's a girl, she, she is, um, she's reading one of the Spanish Bibles that we took down um, that were uh, courtesy of Storehouse. So thank you guys for that. Jasmine. So anyway, um, so I wanted to tell you the story. Um, I'm gonna tell you a couple more stories, but I wanna tell you uh, uh, the story of Apollos in, in the book of Acts. Um, he had been a very faithful um, believer and, and was filled with the zeal of the Lord. And so he was going around teaching everybody about Jesus. And um, Priscilla, a woman, sat him down to teach him a more accurate way of God. Um, and, and, and 
so what she asked him and what Paul further asked him was, what baptism were you baptized with? And uh, he said, I was baptized with the baptism of John. And, um, and, he, and Paul said, uh, okay, well, you actually need the baptism of the Holy Spirit. You need the baptism of Jesus. Um, and so I want to make this point very clearly because as the body of Christ, we're going to have to understand this and, be, and we're going to have to be able to articulate it very well. If the baptism of water is all that was needed, then Jesus didn't have to die because he was baptizing with water before his death. He came for the baptism of fire, the baptism of the Holy Spirit, so that, it, that, that the Holy Spirit would come and live on the inside of us as Christ, and we would be endued with power from on high, and that that would be the very thing that created the freedom that we needed to overcome, to heal the sick, to cast out demons, and to get to our destiny Trying to get to the thing that God has called us to do outside of this is pharisaical. Because all we're doing is functioning in religion. The world is not saved. America is not saved because they don't want and they can tell what is real and what is not real. The baptism of the Holy Spirit is real and the baptism of water is needed, but it's not the only thing needed. Now, hear my heart. I, I love, you know, I, I, I'm not preaching against one thing. I'm just saying it's not the fullness. And, 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 and if Paul was urgent to bring the fullness and he said, no, 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 you need to do this now. And all of his companions got baptized right there in Jesus and the Holy Spirit fell on them. Fire came into them and they began to prophesy and speak in tongues. There is evidence of fire. There is evidence of fire. The evidence of fire is that you burn. You burn. Your bones begin to burn. And we need a lot more burning around here. Right? <clears throat> I want to set America on fire. I really do. Um, there's a couple more uh, stories. A lot of the girls were... Um, they were still wrestling as we were going. They were still wrestling with some demonic when we left. And so we went into the Valley of Angels. And so uh, we were there worshiping with a couple that have a house of prayer. Don't you know? They're everywhere. Um, and um, it was just the most lovely time. But the husband blew his shofar. And when he did, a shofar, when you blow a shofar, it's, it's, it's calling the troops to battle. It's a, it's a battle horn. It's a battle trumpet. And so do you want to tell everybody what happened? Why don't you tell it? You tell it. Okay, so as soon as he blew this big... Shofar. Whatever. Whatever. He blew this thing. And that their neighbors probably are not very friendly. Because, or, happy. or happy. One or the other. It's got to be one or the other. Um, once he blew that, I was, uh, I was very upset that we were leaving because I had a, I had a heart for all these, all these, uh, guys my age who were dealing with these demons. Uh, I just started, uh, weeping and I started shaking and I fell on the floor and I just started just crying. I don't cry very often. Occasionally when I have an insane homework load, I will cry. <laughs> Uh, 
but never like under the power of the Holy Spirit. And I was I was warring, I was interceding for these kids. And uh, anything anything else? Well, I mean, he was travailing. It was he couldn't control it, and fire was all over his body, and he was shaking. And the people that we were with were like, "Oh, Samuel, are you okay?" I'm like, "Back away." <laughs> He's doing warfare. <laughs> and after that was over, it broke. The power of those demons over those people broke, and they have not had another problem. All right, one more story, okay? Have you got time for one more story? Okay, real quick, you have to know that this woman is the real deal. She's exactly who she is here as she is in the middle of the ghetto in a place where no one wants to go, where there is incredible demonic warfare. She loved these people as though she was loving Ashley or John. And I remember watching her in awe she actually loves the same people I love. This is my harvest that I've been called to, and she's been called to Dallas. But she genuinely loved my harvest, my people. And it was beautiful. So you have to know she's the real deal. I've seen men get up and leave because you got up to preach here, that I invited because signs and wonders are happening here, but they were offended that you were a woman. And so I loved seeing the men that I've been pouring into receive from her. And they told me privately, Lisa, Tracy has authority, and I want that authority. <laughs> I love me. Um, the story that I'm going to share is, has to do with one of the men in my program who's a director, who's leading a house of prayer. He's building it with his own two hands right now. Mm-hmm. And so he was our translator, Then he was helping us walk a uh, 16-year-old girl through this tormenting spirit. And we were trying to get her to come back. And he was clapping his hands really loudly in front of her face and yelling at her, come back, come back. And I sensed in my spirit, whisper in her ear like you would your daughter. So I said, Elmer, pretend she's Nicole. Whisper in her ear. So he whispers in her ear, honey, come back. And this is what happened. She laid down. She laid down. And he whispers in her ear and she goes, <gasps> one whisper. Wow. But then, wake up! <laughs> but one, one whisper from the heart of a father, she came back like that. Yeah. Perfect love casts out all Yes! Fear. Yes. That's my story. Yeah, we learned a lot out there. Okay, so one more. Um, all right, so Lisa um, has, I mean, you, do, you have no idea. She's been such a champion. Oh, by the way, we had a chance to um, uh, save. Uh, we saved the, or, or what do I say? Um, 
the mayor, we met the mayor. We, she had been trying to get in touch with him because of water and electric issues anyway. So it just has, so happens he ends up coming over to the house and he leaves all of his, um, like he's got a truck with a flatbed on the back with a machine gun on it and all these guys in flak jackets. So he leaves them out on the curb, which I was very appreciative of. And he comes in the house and so we're talking. And as, as he's talking to Lisa about electric and water for this community, I'm, uh, I, the Holy Spirit's talking to me and he's, he's like, okay, you're gonna preach the gospel, prophesy to this guy. And I'm like, uh, okay. So um, anyway, he ends up um, getting born again, baptized in fire, and the Holy Spirit heals him. The mayor! So then the senator who's over that area, who Lisa also knows very well. She's very connected there, by the way. She's like Mother Teresa, and they all adore her. You come in through the leadership. Yeah. So it's all about relationship and coming in through the leadership. So I've spent a year pouring into these relationships with the judge and the senator and the mayor because I know that I can't do this by myself. I need their favor. And so it was perfect timing to bring Tracy in to lead them to repentance in the fire of God. They were ready because I've spent a year loving them. You know, it takes, it takes everyone. It takes a body. It takes all of us. So then the senator shows up. And she needs like $3,000, right, to do some stuff out there. And so he shows up, and I said, okay, here's what I need you to do. I need you to stand in the gap on behalf of this city and the sin in this city, and then I need you to commit the city to God. And he's like, uh, who are you? <laughs> and, uh, and he did it. I said, okay, listen, don't worry about it. Just repeat after me. And so I have the translators there, and I said, okay, um, Father, Forgive us for our sins, the sin of murder and every sin that's ever been committed in catacombs. And God, I commit this city to the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. And he was like, amen. <laughs> so, so that city is, is done for. That city now belongs to Jesus. When you get the jefe, the one in charge, to say, yes, I am giving my city to Jesus, that's, that's about it. Okay, giving you the keys. And so, all right, so the funnest story of all. I know you're hungry. Hang in there. It's going to be great. So Lisa is so bold and courageous. She put a very uh, powerful pedophile in jail that was um, over an orphanage. And, um, and so everybody kills each other. They all kind of, um, uh, it's, it's really interesting. You get mad at someone, you just go shoot them. It's, anyway. Yeah, there are gunshots during the night. Yeah. Because it's a third world country, the government has a very limited budget for their justice system. And they just can't bring justice to every situation. And so the underground rises up and says, not on my watch. So it's very eye for an eye. So um, she puts this um, pedophile in jail who's very powerful. And the pedophile um, gets all of the police and the people that he knows to grab three of, of Lisa's boys who are just perfectly innocent and throws them in a maximum security prison with rapists and murderers. So Lisa said, you know, I want to go there and um, I want to see my boys. And so I'm thinking, oh, okay, we're going to go see the boys. We're going to go visit the boys. We're going to pray with the boys, worship with the boys. It's going to be great. You know, I'll prophesy over them, blah, 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 blah. So we go in and the only thing that we're allowed to carry is Lisa's guitar, which to me I thought was a miracle. And so we go in and, um, you know, go through all the metal detectors and everything. And, and um, 
much to our surprise, you know, in America, they'll put you in a room, like with the people you're visiting, or you'll see them behind glass or something. But much to my surprise, they put us in the general population with our children. Okay, now, I just want you to get a visual of this. There are no guards. These guys can kill us if they want to, really. There are no guards. Yeah, I mean, the only thing we had to swing was the guitar. Because our bodyguard had to leave his gun at the, at the front, okay? So, so there's no one to protect us. And these men are big, they're shirtless, they have bullet holes, and they have tattoos. Like, you know, the, the teardrop tattoos on their face? It's like, yeah, yeah, it's a teardrop tattoo! <laughs> so I'm like this, I'm like, Samuel, flank me! And we're walking like, 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 like ants. Like we're all connected, you know? And as usual, my nine-year-old is a witness. <laughs> <laughs> Stay with the bodyguard! <laughs> okay, so. Yeah, so, so um, they, they bring all of, we go into this area that's kind of enclosed, that's, the, that's like a church, like a chapel. And I thought, oh, thank goodness. We're in a safe place because there's like a door between us and the general population. And then they start taking all the chairs out into the general population. I'm like, no, 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 where are you going with those? <laughs> so they put them in this circle. And so all of these big, hungry, haven't seen a woman. Uh, we were really long we were time meat. Then. And I'm we like, were meat. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We were like guppies in a, in a shark tank. And so we were, I was sitting there, and Lisa, so sweet Lisa, she's got her guitar, and so she brings out her tuner, and she sets it on her knee. You and can't play a guitar that's not in tune, right? I'm like, 20 minutes. I, she took forever. It was the longest guitar tuning in the history. They're coming out of their cells. There's like 300 hungry, killing, raping men. And I'm like, I looked over at her, and I said, Lisa, I'm yelling at her. To that guitar! <laughs> I thought, if we don't get worship going soon, we're dead. So I thought, okay. And I, and I hear the Holy Spirit say to me, I want you to stand up. And I'm like, oh, no, that's not a good idea. We're here to visit with these three boys. You know, this yeah. is what we're here for. Yeah. And he said, no, <clears throat> that's what they're here for. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, no, I want you to preach the gospel. I thought, yep, I would have come in different clothes had I known we were going to do this today. <laughs> so She's in her skinny jeans and her black <laughs> boots and her v-neck. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, uh, I would have been Catherine Coleman had I known I'd have been in the shark tank, you know, with the long dress. and. <laughs> but no, no. So anyway... We worship, one worship song, and I grabbed my interpreter, and I said, come with me. And, and so Samuel is flanking me. He's not letting, you know, he's like my, my bodyguard, you know, he's like. And so Samuel said, well, tell him what you said. He had a, he had a plan. It was your plan. This isn't my plan. It's just what I was thinking. All these guys, they've got bullet holes in their chests, and all these guys, they're all staring daggers at my mom. I'm like, 
you touch my mom, I am going to kill you, and she will have to raise you from the dead. <laughs> so, yeah, that was the plan. <laughs> I love you. I love you. So. <laughs> A lot of them are short, so I could probably take one of them. <laughs> All right, so I, I grabbed the interpreter. We st I start to um, tell them all. I said, come, come closer, come closer. I'm like, what am I saying? And so I preach the gospel, and I tell them how, you know, again, God did not die for religion, or Jesus did not die for religion, but he came for a family, and he died for love because he wants them to be their sons, and that he is their counselor, their helper, their provider, um, and, and all of the attributes that God is. And so I just began to preach this, and, I mean, it was pretty stony out there, you know, like stone faces, raw, you know. And because um, there's gang wars that go on in there. And, um, and so then I said, okay, um, finished preaching the gospel. And I thought, okay, who wants to be, to be born again? <laughs> and uh, crickets. <laughs> and I'm thinking, oh, shut it up. Oh, God, throw me a bone here. And so this one guy comes forward, and I thought, oh, thank you, brother. <laughs> and uh, he came forward, and I, so he received Jesus, got baptized in the Holy Spirit, and then I asked him if he had any pain in his body, and he did. And so I said, okay, um, what is it? Well, then the Holy Spirit came on him, healed him completely, immediately, immediately. No one, two, three times, whatever. It was immediate. And he said, you know, I'm healed. And the, the, what, the thing that he said a heart that is really, really dark, when light hits it, there is such a significant change. He was so aware of the condition of his heart, he said, I can feel my heart has changed. And so I said, okay, well, I want you to turn around and tell all of your really mean-looking friends that what just happened to you. Go, go, go. And so he's like, great, thanks, woman. Throw me under the bus. I'll get beat up later. Um, so he did, he testified, and I said, and I thought, okay, Lord, what do you want me to do? And the Lord said, um, okay, asking them to be born again is not going to work here. Do what I did. I healed them all. And so just ask who needs healing, and then, then get them born again. And so I said, okay, so who needs healing? And again, really slowly, one little guy comes forward. <clears throat> the Lord heals him instantly. I said, okay, turn around and testify. He testifies. Okay, so one other guy, I said, who else? One other guy comes up. After that, I watch this line begin to form. All of these guys are getting in a line, and they're doing this. Like, what's happening? He healed every person in that line until the warden said, and they all got saved, they all got baptized in fire, and the guys that were in the church, in the chapel, started coming out, getting in the line. And they're like, well, I don't know what's happening here, but I want some of that, you know. And so um, um, the warden said, you know, recess is basically over. The kids got to go back to their cells. And so uh, it was time for all of us to leave. And they found out that that's what the warden had said. So they all rush me. Like, you're not leaving here until you've given me what you have. And uh, I said, okay, okay, let's do this. We're just going to do a mass healing. How does that sound? 
And then I explained to them that they could get saved and they didn't need me. They could ask the whole, they could repent, believe and receive in their jail cell. And, um, and they could ask the Holy Spirit to baptize them in fire. And so I kind of left them with the package of the how-to package, you know. And then I just said, Holy Spirit, come and, and heal them. And so I said, how many of you are feeling fire in your body? And about 40% of them raised their hands. And, and so I was like, okay, well, I have to go now. So we started filtering out. And as we started filtering out, they were doing this. Bye. Bye. Like, like little boys. And they were following us, weren't they? They were following us out. And they were touching us. Like, like I just want to touch you. And I, I thought, I, I can't even believe what I have witnessed. Just a complete change and transformation. Like when we went in there, they saw women. But when we left, they saw saints. And it's only because of the spirit of fire they met the Holy Spirit. They just witnessed for the first time in their lives, Jesus is alive and he is still doing today what he did when he was on the earth. Yes. Isn't that incredible? <laughs> anyway. Uh, so Lisa is an amazing tour guide and she will take you to some of the most dangerous places <laughs> so that you can transform them. But God. Yeah. Oh yeah. So, uh, the Senator said that he was going to talk to the president and get Lisa her money. No, the other president of the village. Oh, the okay. One more president of the village. He said this, he said when he was there, um, he said that, um, he couldn't be saved because he had done too many things that were bad. And this is a guy, he's um, probably in his 70s. Anyway, so I said, um, he said, no, I can't be saved. But I do want you to heal my body because I really am in a lot of pain. And I said, well, uh, you know what? I think I'm just going to tell you my story. I said, I am a murderer. I'm an adulterer. I'm a liar. I'm a thief. And I said, and I got born again. And now I'm cleansed, and I'm righteous, and I'm holy because of what Jesus did. And I said, nobody is too bad to be saved. <laughs> I think I really made him feel better. <laughs> He's like, whoa. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so he said, okay. And he received the Lord into his heart, got baptized in fire, and he said that the feeling that he had, um, he felt it being pulled out of his back when he got healed. It didn't just leave. It Actually, he felt it being pulled away. So anyway, all of that to say, Jesus, um, he showed up. And, and all of these people were like, we're never going to be the same. Four days and we're never going to be the same. And I said, let me tell you something. Four days and I'm never going to be the same. Right? You too? Yeah. Samuel? Yeah. <clears throat> it was something that absolutely changed. And I, and I thought, you know what? We all need a good baptism of fire. Don't you agree? Yeah. 